0: Welcome to the Real Estate Guys radio program. If you're a real estate entrepreneur, there is one thing that can solve every problem you have, and that's what we're gonna talk about today on the Real Estate Guys radio program.
1: If you love real estate and have always wanted to own your own business, listen up. The Real Estate Guys and their panel of experts want to teach you how to go full-time fast in the real estate syndication business. These next few years may go down in history as one of the best times ever to acquire investment real estate. There are deals everywhere if you know where to look and how to assemble the resources. The Secrets of Successful Syndication Seminar will show you how to make big money doing big deals from a team of experts that have syndicated projects totaling more than $1 billion. Don't wait for someone to give you a raise or create a job for you attend the secrets of successful syndication and learn how to build a team raise capital find deals and make full-time money in six months or less go to realestateguysradio.com and click on events all the big players use syndication as a way to diversify risk optimize profits and earn big money you can too go to realestateguysradio.com and click on events
0: Welcome to the Real Estate Guys radio program, I'm your host Robert Helms, let's meet the guys, our co-host financial strategist Russell Gray. Hey Robert. And the man we call the godfather of real estate he has been investing in seven different decades, Bob Helms.
2: Robert, Russ, great to be here again.
0: There is one single thing that solves every single problem and I know that's true because Ken McElroy told us, sales solves every problem. If you have a slump, if you don't know what to do, if you don't have enough money, figure out how to get out and sell something the world will open up to you
3: that's true as an individual that's true as a family that's true as a company that's true as a country yes it's true
0: absolutely And, and sales isn't just glad handing and convincing someone to sign a contract we're talking about his influence and we all had the opportunity a few weeks back Uh, to be at the two-day Tom Hopkins sales event, which is extraordinary. Tom Hopkins, one of the great sales trainers, if you've not heard an interview with Tom, you can find that in our archives, came with us uh, this year on the Investor Summit at Sea. He's coming back next year on the Summit at Sea. Tom, one of the greatest sales guys ever. For many years, Tom Hopkins did a three-day sales boot camp in the middle of August in Phoenix in the desert, and he did it on purpose. He's like, let's go to where it's hot, let's work hard, and it was an extraordinary uh, series of events he did every year. Big Following thousands of people in the room. Well, Tom is at a point where he doesn't really need to be doing that kind of business that often, and yet he's passionate about it. So they took
2: last year off, and this year they came back with a two day event, and it was extraordinary. Similar to the seminars that we've been doing, Robert, where we get people who become regulars, people who get the value and see to it that it's not a one time event. There's a reason to come back. Tom's people are amazing how they come back and how long they've been coming back because there were people endorsing Tom who had been with him for over 25 or 30 years. Oh, yeah. First time we uh, saw Tom Hopkins, right, 20,
0: 30 years ago. What was
2: amazing also
0: was his team, right? The Tom Hopkins team, 37 years, 35 years, 32 years, 30 years with the company. That tells you a lot. But I think that the the important thing to talk about today is that what we saw in that event, were some amazingly seasoned sales professionals and some brand new 20-year-old green salespeople. And it was great for everybody.
3: Well, I think, you know, kind of being one of those more seasoned guys myself, I think one of the things that you have to realize is that once you identify something as being essential, mission critical, the most important thing you need to know how to do, I mean, the ability to attract resources to yourself, not just money, but talent, keeping people on your team, getting deals done to go your way, little things. I mean, you know, flying into the event, just uh, working with the flight attendant to get her help in guarding my seat while I was away to go use the bathroom because I flew an airline where I didn't have a guaranteed seat, right? Little things like that. Sales skills are essential to getting business done. And one of the reasons we wanted to make this episode and draw attention to this uh, in our listening audience. is because you know, we interact with a lot of people. And a lot of people think sales is an optional skill set. You know, yes, you can delegate a lot of things, right? You can't delegate working out. You can't delegate selling. I mean, you may be able to hire salespeople, but even the act of hiring the salesperson is a sales job because if there's a talented sales professional out there, you have to recruit them. You have to convince them to dedicate their time and effort to your enterprise. So even if you're going to delegate most of the sales function in your business, in your real estate investing business, even if you have a great sales professional negotiating all of your contracts, you've got to sell that person on being on your team. Absolutely. Sales is essential because of the fact that you have to move people to some
0: action. Why is this important in real estate? Well, because you're going to have salespeople working on your behalf as a seller of a property, as a buyer of a property. You're going to have to sell your vision to your team when you're rehabbing property. As you continue to acquire more, you're going to have to get versed in salesperson language. You're going to have to understand commissions and how that works. There's a lot you need to know. And then the whole thing about contracts and the specifics, and we could go on for days, but at the base of all of it is the ability to persuade.
3: Well, if you're going to be big, you're going to have to recruit and lead a team. That's sales skills. you're big, you're going to have to sell yourself. There's no escaping it. I mean, it it comes down to that. And, And whether you're just trying to convince a tenant to rent your place over somebody else's place, or you're trying to persuade a tenant to take care of your property as opposed to abuse your property, you are trying to persuade the neighbor to be cooperative instead of less cooperative. I mean, you can go on and on and on. And of course, I'm really excited that Bob's here because with all his years in practical real estate dealings, there's all kinds of sales applications in just getting your offer accepted. We're we're in a market where things are starting to heat up again. Some of the best properties have multiple offers. How do you get your offer chosen? That's sales.
0: Well, it's interesting, right? Bob's been a real estate broker a long time, but longer than that, he's been a real estate investor. And longer than that... He's been a salesperson. You didn't start in real estate sales. You started
2: in sales. Yes, I did. And I never planned to be in sales. In fact, I was a a graduate electronics engineer, whatever that was. I knew that's what I was going to be. And within a year of the time that I went to work for my first electronics company, I was in marketing and sales. And I started off with a test program, learning how to blow up technical widgets so that I'd know what their limitations were. And I liked the scientific part of it. It was fun. But sales is the essential thing we must all do if we're going to get along in life, if we're going to get where we want to get. And there's a common mistake that salespeople are born. They are not born. Nobody is born with the skill of addressing other people trying to figure out what they want, how you can solve their needs. Luckily, those are learnable skills.
0: You know, I think what's great about that example, Bob, is that you were a product knowledge person, an engineer who understood the electronics product And that made you a great candidate as a salesperson. Today's real estate salespeople generally know a lot about real estate. Anything you want to buy, you walk into a a store to buy something, you want the most product-knowledgeable person you have, not someone that's just manipulative. Salespeople, for whatever reason, have kind of a bad rap, right? You see sales and they picture the used car salesperson in the loud jacket coming up trying to strong-arm you into a deal. But the reality is Nothing moves until somebody sells something. I mean, here we are, Labor Day weekend. We're celebrating people that work, and work is a very important part of your life. And what makes work a lot easier is when you either have a great salesperson or are a great salesperson. Well, I
3: mean, it's really what it comes down to. If you want a job, you're out there looking for someone who has revenue from which to pay you a salary. So either you know how to generate revenue or you work for someone who does. But the world has got to have people who know how to generate revenue. And, you know, I've been a sales guy all my life. And when I started out in corporate sales, we were the elite. The entire company existed to empower us to go bring the company business. And you know it changed a little bit as the company got bigger I think we forgot how we made our money and it became a lot more about accounting and managing inventory and the salespeople became more disillusioned and discouraged you know so uh, I, I was really happy to get out of that situation and get back to where sales mattered the most and I could take my sales skills and go out into the marketplace and attract resources you know and I don't get involved right now in that much direct selling I mean obviously bringing on sponsors to the show and you know the deals that we do in our private lives and all that but at the the end of the day, I'm really happy that I have that life skill because when things go tough, the ability to go out and generate revenue when you need it, instead of having to run around and just ask for a job. But even if you are looking for a job, that's a sales skill. You know, you go in and you put your resume out there. You got to write a resume that's going to attract an interview. And when you get that all important interview, are you able to get the job? Same thing, you know, in real estate sales for years, right? The listing presentation was so important to get that person to give you control of that inventory. No different than when you're out there looking for a deal and you find somebody who's got a property they are maybe interested in selling and you're interested in buying because you want to invest in it, maybe a wholesale deal, whatever it is, you're going to have to convince them in a hot market, you over somebody else. So sales matters in real estate, but also in every other aspect of life.
0: You know, just a few weeks back, we were in Chicago for our Secrets of Successful Syndication event, and the two main things that syndication boils down to, the two hardest skill sets are finding deals and finding money both of those things require this skill of selling in order to be the one that gets the deal on a competitive market you better know how to influence in order to raise money from someone and have them put money in your deal you better know how to sell sales is essential and i think at the root of it right one of the things tom hopkins talked about the first day is what sales
3: does is helps people make a decision that is
0: right for them.
3: Well, I mean, you said this, nothing happens until somebody sells something. And the reason salespeople get a bad rap is because they're trying to push people to move before they're ready. But if you've done your job and you really have helped somebody on the other side of the table understand all of the benefits of moving to them and what it matters to them, and it's no longer about you, but it's about them. You're aware of your agenda, but you don't focus on your agenda when you're negotiating. You focus on the other person's agenda. And then if you help them get what they want, they're going to do it and they view you not as a pushy person, but as a helpful person, somebody who's helping to implement something that's going to make their situation better. I know I hear Bob tell the stories all the time about getting the seller's motivation as a way to get the person on the other side of the transaction to say yes to your offer as opposed to somebody else's. Right. That's a big part of knowing how to influence and who you're trying to influence, right?
0: Bob, take a real estate transaction. You're a broker representing a party, say a buyer, another broker representing the seller. Part of the protocol is you do not get to talk to the seller. So you have an interesting position because buyer and seller are kept at arm's length. What you have to be able to do is to sell, persuade, influence the other agent.
2: Yeah, and that's done for a reason. That's set up specifically because people want to be represented by their agent, by the person who represents them. They don't want to necessarily be in an environment where they're not controlling it. So when I hire an agent to represent me, I'm hiring them for their skills. I'm hiring them for their ability to give me isolation and arm's length distance with the other party. Now, if I'm a legitimate seller, I really want this to happen, but I'm not the one who's gonna worry about the details. Somebody is gonna bring me an offer I can live with. And it's so important that whichever agent you are in this transaction, Your job is to bring your client the satisfaction they need. It's to bring them what they're looking for. And you have to do that with a conscience. It isn't a matter of saying, let's go make a sale. Hooray, we did it. If it isn't the right thing. Well, this
0: is an underlying theme, right? Sales and the ability to sell is like the force. There's the dark side and there's the good side. And if you become a master persuader, you're going to be able to use your influence against people's better judgment if you choose to. We would caution you that that's not the reason to become great at sales. It's quite the opposite because think about every great thing you own in your life. Some salesperson is responsible for that. And many times you hadn't even considered it, whether it's an intangible product like insurance or asset protection, where it's a tangible product like a particular piece of real estate or some treasured heirloom you have, or maybe it's something fun, whatever it is, a great salesperson enables you to get to what you need to get to.
3: It's a process of discovery and a true professional is going to come in and ask the right questions and help raise the awareness in the other party's mind of what they're really looking for. And then if you can apply solutions that you have in your toolkit, whatever it is, your deal terms, and the person says, yes, those terms will meet my needs. Now you have a basis to move forward together.
0: We're talking about sales and the important therein for real estate investors. When we come back, we're going to talk about kind of the basics of sales, whether you've been selling for years or you're brand new to the concept. We'll take you through the nuts and bolts of selling next on the Real Estate Guys radio program. Live
4: nationwide, you're listening to the Real Estate Guys. Find out more at
0: realestateguysradio.com. Are you achieving everything you want in life? What if there was a time-tested way to ensure that 2015 is your best year yet? The most successful people in life set goals and keep themselves accountable. But how? The good news is that it's not rocket science. You, too, can learn the skills and unleash the motivation that will create success in your life. And now is the time. Hi, this is Robert Helms, and I'd like to personally invite you to attend Creating Your Future, the 2015 Goals Retreat, January 9th to 11th in beautiful San Diego, California. This unique weekend event has been called phenomenal, inspirational, and life-changing by the hundreds of people that have attended. Find out more at realestateguysradio.com and click on Events or call 888-489-7723, extension 18. Get your life back on track, physically, spiritually, and financially. Attend the 2015 Goals Retreat on the second weekend of the new year. Click events at realestateguysradio.com. This is no dress rehearsal. Live the life you were meant to. Visit realestateguysradio.com or call 888-489-7723, extension 18, today. Live where you want to live, but invest where the numbers make sense. Even better, invest where you have a solid team to support you. We've been hearing great things about Memphis, Tennessee, and Terry Kerr from Mid South Homebuyers since 2002. Terry and his team have been delivering turnkey rental property solutions ideal for out-of-area real estate investors. So, if you're looking for affordable, trouble-free turnkey investment property, call Terry. Use our resource hotline at 888. 888- extension 118. That's 888-510-6838 extension 118. Or find them in the resources area of our website at realestateguysradio.com.
1: Hi, this is Kendra Todd, winner of The Apprentice, and you're listening to The Real Estate
0: Guys. Welcome back to The Real Estate Guys radio program. Thanks for tuning into the show today. Whether you're on the radio, on the podcast, or on the move, we're happy to be talking to you today about sales and selling as an essential skill. I think maybe starting at the beginning, you know, Tom Hopkins breaks down the sales process into seven important areas. And the first is a big topic called prospecting looking for people that might be interested in what you have to say or what you have to sell.
3: It's probably easier today than it's ever been, but because it's easier today than it's ever been, it's also more crowded than it's ever been because you have emails filling up everybody's inboxes, right? Uh, you have the social media and everybody out there chattering. And of course, so it's easy to find people. The hard part is getting their attention. And so the methods that you go through, sometimes you can go to old school methods because they've been abandoned, you know? I mean, just a, a postcard, for example. I mean, it's amazing how effective a postcard is in today's environment. You think, that all the junk mail is now in the electronic inbox and not so much in the uh, postal mailbox. And so if you can identify maybe through a title company or whatever, a demographic or a geographic target market that you can begin to solicit, you can begin to send offers out there that will help you find people who you can begin to qualify and talk to. I
0: think that's a bigger topic than it being old school and not in vogue. I think you also have to think about who your client is. If I'm trying to, and there's a lot of folks trying to reach people who are older Think about this prospect for you real estate wholesalers and looking for listings if you're an agent. What about the 60-year-old couple or 70-year-old couple who are still in the house they raise their kids in? It's too big for them. It's two stories. It's the wrong house, but it's either paid off or nearly paid off. That is a great person you can help. They're probably not on Twitter you're probably going to have to to look to some other methods. But, but I think before we even start with what methods to use, the whole concept of prospecting is narrowing down the field from the whole world to people who may be interested. Look at our podcast. We're the number one downloader podcast on real estate investing. Lots of great podcasts out there on real estate. Of the whole world, not very many are interested in real estate. That's a subset of people. People are interested in Money. People are interested in income. People are interested in happiness. Those are big wide categories. Real estate, not so much. Now, investment real estate, even narrower. And as we continue down with geography and types and so forth, it becomes narrower and narrower and narrower. And your mission as any salesperson is to take the huge universe of people and narrow it down to people who are specifically interested in what
3: you have to offer. I think that's super important because the process of weeding through people who are interested and aren't interested Uh, There's a lot of no's along that way. And if you don't understand the psychology of selling, you take that personally and it can dissuade you from actually doing the activity. And if you don't do the activity, then you never find the deals, you never find the investment partners, you never raise the money and you're going to have to go work for someone who has figured it out because that's what it always comes back to. So it's worth your time and trouble to learn how to do it. But if you do it right, more often than not, you will be talking to people who have a high probability of being interested in doing business with you
2: prospecting is one of the most feared things for most salesmen who have spent most of their lives making those cold calls to get somebody on the other line, hoping it'll be somebody who wants to talk to them. If you don't have a good process for doing that, you will be talking to people who don't care about why you call them forever. So people dread prospecting. The importance of good prospecting simply means I can get to what I want to get to. I can get to the people who are interested in what I have to say to them if I do it correctly. Now today, there's tons of people who are really expert at this. If you go on the internet today, there are people who are wordsmiths who do a great job of getting your attention and they're trying to get specific word usage that will match you up with them. That's not a a new concept. Today, the tools are better, but Robert, back in the days when you and I were advertising, if we put out an advertisement in any media form that simply said, if you're thinking about selling your house, that was the beginning part, who are we reaching? Who is going to come back and respond to us? Only those people who are thinking about selling their house. So that's just the first step at narrowing down the possible prospects that are people we want to talk with. And two kinds of prospecting, and
0: you just referred to both of them. Outgoing prospecting, banging the phones, sending the emails, knocking on doors. And inbound prospecting, having a booth at a trade show, having a retail outlet where someone walks in the door, holding an open house as a real estate agent. There's two kinds of prospecting. There's where you have to go out and knock on someone's face and get them to buy something from you, or where you have an offer where they come to you. And one is not better than the other. That's just the two forms of prospecting.
3: Absolutely. I mean, what you're ultimately trying to do, to Bob's point, is to narrow the field. So you put things out there that the person most likely to respond, in your example of Bob- is perfect because only the people who are going to read that article that you put out in the newspaper are going to be the people who are actually going to be interested in selling their home. Perfect. So, think about the things that people who are your target market need and then put something out in the marketplace that's free that helps them. And when they respond to that free offer, now you have a qualified prospect. It could be whatever it is, free consultation on how to unleash the equity in your home. How, to, you know, look at the, all the people you mentioned the older demographic, Robert, people with houses that are paid for. Look how many reverse mortgage ads you see, right? It's a big demographic. The baby boomer demographic is a big market and Industry is responding. As a real estate investor, I can look at that and go, okay, clearly this is a big demographic what can I come up with? Maybe I put something out in the marketplace that has to do. Here's the truth about reverse mortgages. Well, everybody who's out there looking at them, who's got equity in their property is going to respond to that. And when they order that free report, now you have to have a follow-up piece, which is going to take us to the next next topic of qualification. But but how do you qualify them in terms of, you know, are they really a right prospect for you? But you can't even begin that process until you get into a conversation with them. And that's what prospecting is all about
0: prospecting depending on your business is to get you to set the appointment and what Tom Hopkins calls that is the initial contact so something about prospecting is say mass advertising or even a retail store whatever it is that you're out there you know trying to get people interested then you need to have the one-on-one conversation you are a salesperson to see are they really interested and that begins this third step so initial contact step 2 step 3 qualification There
3: may be somebody interested. That doesn't mean they're qualified. Qualification is where all the magic is. This is where you are doing the interview to find out if this person is a good candidate for the type of deal you want to do could be simple questioning about, you know, how, what their goals are, if they plan to stay in the property, if they'd like to move out of the property, if they, if they were to free up all the money in the property today, what would they do with it? Would they invest it for income? Would they purchase something with it? I mean, and then you can begin to find out what their needs and wants and desires are. And that's what qualifying is all about. And then whether or not you have anything in your deal terms or your offer, your, your, toolkit, if you will, to help them satisfy those needs. And then if you can find, you know, what I say, three to five things, if you can find a few things that you can do to help that person in this qualification interview, you have the basis to begin to explain to them how you will do that and then work towards getting a deal done. But you can't do that unless you are very diligent and skilled at the qualification process. I would argue it's probably the most important part of the process because if you get this right, closing is easy. Well, and qualification
0: is different depending on the types of sales that you're in, right? If you're looking for deals to wholesale, what is qualified is someone who has a property they want to get rid of and actually has title to it. Right now, they're qualified. Someone says, oh, yeah, I'm interested in that, only, you know, I don't actually own the house. Not a, not qualified. What you're talking about, Russ, is needs analysis selling, which is one of the greatest ways to sell, which is to be the consultant who is asking them what they need and how can we help and how can we tailor something to that person. The more customized what you're selling, the more you need to to have that. Sometimes qualification is as simple as in retail, did the credit card go through, now you're qualified. When you take it up to something like syndication, where you're raising money to go into your deal, now qualification is two ways. You're qualifying the prospect. Are they able to invest? Are they substantial? Are they accredited? Do they have the money? Do they have the sophistication? But you're also qualifying them to see, is this someone you want in your deal?
3: Every business, I don't care what business you're in, is about building goodwill. It's about building a network. It's about building a customer list. And a lot of people think the bigger the list, the better. No, it's about quality. You want to get the right people on the bus, if you will, to quote Jim Collins, but the notion is is that you are out there wanting to build a business. Yes, you want to do deals. Doing deals along the way is how you eat while you're building a business. A business is a network of people who feel good about you. It could be a thousand tenants who get up every day, go to work, and are happily living in your properties. Fabulous. It could be a bunch of uh, homeowners that you've sold properties to on carryback financing. Maybe you've wrapped things or done something special where now you're uh, collecting Loan payments from them, and that's part of your cash flow. It could be a group of people out there who are actively wholesaling. They're they're scouring the market looking for deals for you and flipping those deals to you because you're a buy hold investor, or you're going to fix the property up and take it to the next level. Maybe something they couldn't do. There's a lot of different ways it all fits in the food chain. But the key is is making sure that the person on the other side of the transaction is ready, willing, and able. To be a part of that relationship.
0: Whether or not they're going to be, right? Because qualification is the salesperson saying, is this person worth my time and attention? Yes, if they are, I want to help them. And that's the whole reason I'm in business. But if I can't help them, I don't want to waste either
2: of our time. Qualification is a two-way street for you new folks. This is your first contact with this person. And this is where you have a chance to, one, learn what they need and want to do. But this is where you have the opportunity For them to learn that you are the person they can like, trust, depend upon, and are willing to listen to. So you've got to establish that you're credible and
3: that you are someone they will want to do business with. But the real key is you're looking to build a business where you're putting people into your Rolodex or into your database that are the right people. And qualification helps you do that, and it's a two-way street. It's are you right for them, but the other half of it is are they right for you. Now, when someone's qualified, the next
0: step is presentation. You have to now show them what you have to offer that will fit in with what they're doing, whether it's a piece of property, whether it's a product, a good, a service, whether it's spending time with you, it's an event, whatever it is that you're selling, now's the time to say, based on everything I just heard, which is part of the qualification and needs analysis, let me show you how I think what we have might be a fit. Now, again... You have to approach this from their perspective. Is it about you and your company, how great you are, and what quota you have to hit this month? It's about, is this that fit? Is it the right thing for them? And now you have some clues because you didn't just start selling with so many terrible salespeople do is they just start presenting. They never found if you were really a prospect. They didn't spend any time really seeing who you were or finding out what you needed. They're just like sell, 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 sell. That's what turns people off. If instead you've taken the time to really qualify them and they're qualifying you to your point, Bob, now you can together decide if there's a basis to go forward sales is absolutely fabulous that's what we're talking about today on the program more when we come back and we'll play real estate trivia a chance for you to sell us on whether or not we should give you a prize next on the real estate guys
4: real estate investment advice right in your mailbox sign up for the free real estate guys newsletter at
0: realestateguysradio.com lease. Hi, this is Peter Schiff and you are listening to The Real Estate Guys. Welcome back to The Real Estate Guys radio program heard every weekend on this great radio station all the time at realestateguysradio.com and on the podcast at iTunes and lots of other great podcast providers. Thanks for tuning in today. Before we get back to our discussion on sales solving every problem, it's time to play Real Estate Trivia, your chance to win a prize by knowing today's Real Estate Trivia question. In just a minute, I'm going to ask you a trivia question that, of course, has something to do with real estate. And as soon as you think you know the answer, send us your best guess along with your name and your physical mailing address to trivia at realestateguysradio.com trivia at realestateguysradio.com. The first person with the right answer is going to win a copy of Tax-Free Wealth, a great book by CPA Tom Wheelwright. That can be yours if you're quick to answer today's real estate trivia question. Last week on the Real Estate Guys, Marisa Rold was in the program. We were talking about the brave new world of opportunity. Here's our question from last week. Which country produces the most pigs? Well, the country of China does. In fact, they have more pigs in China than the next 43 pork-producing countries combined. That's a lot of hogwash. Here's our real estate trivia question for this week. Which U.S. city is home to the country's largest REIT? Yeah, a REIT, a real estate investment trust. There's lots of them formed to invest in all kinds of real estate. Which U.S. city is home to the country's largest REIT? It's kind of a double real estate trivia question. The REIT, of course, being a real estate investment trust and the city being a large chunk of real estate. If you think you know or want to take a guess, send us your best answer to trivia at realestateguysradio.com. Trivia at realestateguysradio.com. We need your mailing address so that if you're the winner, we can send you a copy of Tom Wheelwright's great book, Tax-Free Wealth. That is today's real estate trivia question. We're talking about sales, the arguably number one skill of any person and certainly anyone who's interested in financial enlightenment. you got to learn how to sell. And we were talking before the break about presentation. A million ways to present. That's everything from a phone call to an email exchange to a front of the room presentation to a video about your product or service to the way that your store looks. I mean, presentation is now getting the person to to take a step towards what you have to offer.
3: The easiest presentation is when you're dealing one-on-one, because to your point before the break, Robert, you can deliver that in the context of the qualification. You might have a 1,000 things to say, but there might be only 40 or 50 that matter to the particular prospect, whatever the number is, right? And so you can blow up the transaction by wasting time and losing their interest saying you know 20 or 30 or 40 other things that they don't even care about. So that part is really great. When you're dealing with a group, And you have to maybe guess the key is, is getting the right group of people in the room or hitting the right list. Obviously, it's a lot of work and a bit of expense to get people into a room, but you could make the argument if you do it properly, it's one of the best ways to get it done. Because if you lead with the right subject matter, the right topic, the right bait, if you will, then the right people will respond and they will come. And if you have the right barrier to entry, you know, the right, price point with that only the qualified person would actually show up and the person is going to invest the time and trouble to come. Then you get up there and you can present things that are pretty much on point to what that target demographic is going to be largely interested in. And then the next step then is going to be to take it to where you do get into a one-on-one presentation. That's kind of understanding the cycle. But presentation is most powerful when it's done in the context of proper qualification.
0: Oh, absolutely. That's where this all fits together, right? So we'll spend a lot of time on presentation because you, you know what it is you're selling. You know how to present that whole hopefully, to a prospect. Probably the place people get the most caught up is in step five, which has a lot of different terms. Traditionally in sales, you might call it handling objections. Tom Hopkins calls it addressing concerns. We like to think of objections as engagement because if you go through your presentation to somebody and at the end you say, so what do you think? Have any questions? And they go, oh, no, no questions at all. That that was great. Great presentation. They have no interest in what you're selling at all. They're just being polite. When someone says, no, wait a minute, so so tell me about that this part of it again, and it may come across as sounding skeptical, those are buying signals. So engagement, objection, concerns, when the prospect starts to voice those, that's
2: when the selling begins. And if they don't do that... The four-letter word for you is next because those people are not at all interested in what you're talking about. You need to go to someplace where your time will be better spent.
3: I like the way Tom uses the word concerns because I think that's interesting. Anybody who expresses concern is thinking about or imagining how it affects them. And they wouldn't even be considering how something affects them unless they weren't beginning to imagine owning whatever it is you're selling. Uh, if you're pitching them on a deal that you want to get them involved in and they start having concerns about the deal, those concerns are telling you they're already in their mind's eye gone to where they're owning it or they're in the in the transaction and they're asking themselves, well, what about this and what about this? Those are great things because you think about it right now. Right now, somebody uh, across town from wherever you are as you're listening to this is wondering what to have for lunch. That doesn't concern you. You have zero interest in it. If somebody says, you know, I wonder what Bill across the way is thinking about having for lunch today. You would say, what do I care about that, right? So if someone says, I don't have any concerns about your presentation, what are they telling you? Doesn't relate to me. Right. Doesn't relate to me. That's why the qualification is very important because it tells you what to present. When you present to somebody's needs, wants, desires from the qualification process, you are going to get concerned. So don't be shocked when it happens. To your point, Robert, welcome it because it tells you they've already bought in their mind. Now they're trying to rationalize actually taking the step.
0: You know, one of the things Tom said at the uh, two day event, which is great, and it's, of course, one of the truths of selling, is that. People don't buy logically. They don't buy based on logic. They buy based on emotion, and then they justify the purchase with logic. So you have to address the emotional side of getting them involved. You do.
3: The way I say it is that the heart places the order and the brain approves it. And if you go in and you try and talk to the brain before the heart has placed the order, the brain doesn't know what you're talking about. It doesn't relate to them. They're just like, hmm, that's interesting, but they don't care, right? So if, if you have to touch the heart, if you will. You have to deal with what people need, want, desire. When you start hearing those kind of words, boy, it would be really great if I could get out of this property and it would be really nice if I could have steady income coming in and it'd be really... Then you've got something to work with, right? The heart is getting ready to place an order and then you engage the brain and help the the brain understand why all that makes sense. So
0: objections and concerns are expressed in many ways but what you have to know is your product back to product knowledge and then you'll develop what the answers are which you don't ever want to be as defensive about it and sometimes concerns are legitimate and sometimes they're just blowing smoke. They know they're trying to see what's your metal. how, How much are you convinced of the deal right and they'll throw things out and the whole key is being calm, cool and collected and again making sure it's the right thing for them. If someone voices a concern, you better make sure you understand it. If not, clarify. Now, h- how do you mean exactly, right? So that you really understand. That's the key of this, right? Stephen Covey, one of the seven habits of highly effective people seek first to understand, then to be understood. And it has to go in that order.
3: It absolutely does. Because if people don't feel like you get them, They're not going to open up. And if they don't open up, you're not going to find out what they need, want, or desire. And even if you explain to their mind why it all makes sense, if they don't trust you, it doesn't matter. So there's a lot of things that go on in a sales engagement that are not necessarily about words and ideas. It's about feelings and emotions and connections. And really, if you think about it, it's no different than any other relationship you're in. I mean, selling is a matter of building a relationship. And if you think about going out and trying to get a job, or take it even a step further, going out and getting into a romantic relationship. There's a process you go through, developing trust, developing rapport, sharing feelings, aligning vision, value, goals, and you begin to make a decision. Do I want to spend another day with this person? Do I want to spend a week with this person? Would I like to spend the rest of my life with this person? And depending on what you're selling, I mean, you could be in a situation where it's like, hey, you, you're going to rent my house for me, and we're going to have a relationship for six months. That could turn into, and you we know people that that have been in the same property, you know, we got tenants that have been 10, 15, 20, 30 years, right? right. I mean, so it could be turned into a very long-term relationship. Certainly in syndication, when you're out there raising money, you're really looking for partners. If you're wholesaling, maybe not so much. It depends. I'm gonna get this property, I'm gonna flip it to somebody else. But if you're constantly feeding that person deals, Uh, the person who you have a long-term relationship with is the recipient of the deal. And the person who you got the property from, maybe not so much. It really just depends.
0: I think some wholesalers absolutely go to a person who owns a lot of properties again and again and again.
2: For those of you who are thinking that you want this to be a career, the essence of your ability to do that hinges on the words you've just heard. Long-term and relationships. Long-term relationships are the secret to a career in this business instead of simply doing a deal and looking for what I'm going to do next.
0: You know, it's funny, you get better at sales, but what really happens is your clientele increases because they like you, trust you, want to do business with you, and whatever part of the real estate business you're in, you're developing those relationships that are going to be the key to your long-term success. If you have to wake up every day unemployed as an investor, as a Real estate salesperson, you're gonna have a long, hard career. If, on the other hand, you can do it right, we're talking about this in syndication, you're gonna get into the first relationships, and those people will very often carry you through years and years and years of business because it's based on mutual respect, mutual trust, and having something aligned that you wanna go do together. So many times the sales transaction is just that it's a transaction. That's not for you. You want to think in terms of clients, building clients. The the idea of a client is not a
3: customer. A customer does a transaction. A client does a lot of business. Well, so, you know, I'm kind of known for this quote, do the math and the math will tell you what to do. And you think, oh, well, that means that, you know, I'm going to go into this transaction and I'm going to try to get the most dollars out of it as I possibly can because that's the math. And something that I've heard you say in seminars we've done together over the years, Robert, which I'm sure you researched from someone else, uh, but it's brilliant. Um, we'd love to give credit where credit is due, so I don't know where it came from. But the idea, what's the lifetime value of a client, right? If you do the math on that, then you understand that you give a little in the beginning, which is an investment in the goodwill. Because if a client will come back and do business with me time and time and time again, if they will refer people to me and shorten my cycle of finding new opportunities, then it's not the most money I can make today while I'm in this transaction. It's really, am I willing to give something in order to get something much more down the road? It's an investment. And if you don't do that math, you're going to get the wrong answer.
0: And that's really what this part of addressing concerns is about. They have concerns. If you can address concerns properly, handle their objections masterfully, then you're going to have the basis of a go-ahead relationship. So that's a big topic unto itself. The sixth step out of seven is closing the sale what does that mean? That means when it's the go-ahead time, they've decided yes, you've decided you want them as a client, and now you have to endorse the paperwork. So,
3: you know, actually, this is the easiest thing to do, I think. This is the easiest part to do. If you've ever gone out with a group of people and you said, well, what do you want to do tonight? I don't know. What do you want to do tonight? Well, we could get something to eat. All right. Well, what do you want to eat? I don't know. What do you want to eat? It's like, well, somebody just make a decision. Right. Right. And if the person, if somebody in the room will step up and listen to what everybody says they're interested in, I know, you know, I think let's go see a movie because we want to go see a movie and let's go to this restaurant afterwards because based on what everybody said, it sounds like what everybody would like the best, right? Who's in? Boom. You closed it. Somebody made a decision. You will find that people are loath to make a decision. They want it. They understand it. And then somehow they get stuck. And if you have done a good job and you know that the deal is good for the other person, it's almost your obligation to give them a little bit of a nudge. Hey, let's make a decision. Let's have a good time. We've all agreed we want it, let's make it happen. And and really, closing is that easy if you've done those other steps properly. That's the big if. If you've done
0: the other steps, closing is the natural conclusion to the process we just described. Now, if you stumble at it, then the close becomes awkward and they go, whoa, 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 wait a minute. I'm not saying anything. And there's all of that part of it. So the close is the natural conclusion. And the reason that's not the last step in the sales transaction is exactly what we talked about. It's the lifetime value of a client and the people they know. We're talking about sales today being the essential skill. We've got lots more when we come back. Plus, before we're done today, we're going to give you a great resource list of some of the best sales training and ideas out there. You're tuned to the Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Need help with your real estate investment
4: portfolio? Check out the resources page at realestateguysradio.com.
3: Hi, this is Patrick Donahoe of Paradigm Life. Over the last few years, I've had the privilege of sharing the services of Paradigm Life with you loyal Real Estate Guys Radio listeners through our website, www.beerbank.com, and also on the annual Investor Summit at Sea. Subsequently, we have seen a variety of financial situations across the socioeconomic spectrum and how everyone, regardless of their situation, would improve their financial lives by following the system we specialize in. As a result of this experience, we have created an online e-learning system so anyone without obligation can learn about the Infinite Banking concept. This free e-learning program is found on our website, www.beerbank.com. so check it out today. The website again is www.beerbank.com.
5: Are you still sitting on the sidelines trying to figure out when and where you're going to buy those investment properties? Well, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Atlanta, Georgia is still on sale, but you better act fast because the deals are almost gone. Hey, this is Ken Corsini with Georgia Residential Partners, and I want you to know that there may not be a better investing opportunity than Atlanta right now. Listed as one of the fastest growing markets in the country, both in terms of jobs and population, Forbes predicts 26% appreciation over the next three years. At Georgia Residential Partners, we sell turnkey cash-flowing investment properties. We also sell wholesale properties at insane discounts. We're launching a new home construction product this summer as well. And if you're still nervous about stepping out into another market, I will personally partner with you on a small portfolio of homes, if that's what it takes. Don't wait any longer. Check us out at gainvesting.com or call our office at 770-924-5450. We look forward to hearing from you.
0: Hello, this is Dave Leninger, co-founder of REMAX International. You're listening to The Real Estate Guys. Welcome back to The Real Estate Guys radio program. Thanks so much for tuning into the program today. Tell a friend about The Real Estate Guys. We're talking about sales today, one of the most essential skills. And we've gone through six of the seven steps of sales, according to Tom Hopkins. The next and final step we might call asking for referrals Tom calls it getting quality introductions. Who else do you know in your world? Now, imagine we take that wholesaler. Who do you know, Mr. Seller, who would also like to sell on my acquisition side? And who do you know, Mr. Buyer, who would like to acquire real estate like you are? Because you may not have an appetite for everything I can
3: dig up. Anything that sells, that moves,
0: does better when there's more people that
3: want it. Well, if we go back to what we talked about earlier, which is the main thing isn't the money, it's about building a business, it's about building a network, then you can't say you're done just because you got a check, just because you had a financial transaction. Until I have the goodwill of the party on the other side going out and expanding my brand and expanding my network, I really haven't finished the job. So Tom's terminology of quality introductions is so much better than a referral. A referral, okay, well you can refer to things but quality introductions that really is a great term for describing what it is you are aiming at uh, as, as kind of really the the conclusion, the ultimate conclusion of a successful transaction is to get quality introductions from person on the other end of the deal that feels great about what you've been able to do with them.
0: Now, hopefully this information today has also helped you in becoming a better purchaser, a better customer. As you see people in the sales process, a bunch of us were talking in the uh, suite we uh, hosted upstairs after the Tom Hopkins event about what irks us the most. Those of us that are professional salespeople is lousy salespeople.
3: Yeah. I mean, I think it's important. I, you know, in high school, I took a car all the way down to the frame, built it, did a motor. You know, I, I don't work on cars anymore, but I really like knowing when I go in to talk to my mechanic, I know what I'm doing or I know what I'm talking about, I know what he's talking about. Same thing is true you know, in houses. I did a rehab once. I don't rehab houses anymore, but I like knowing how to do it. I think you do have to know how to sell. I don't think it's an optional skill. It's You can't really delegate it, but it, you are gonna have other salespeople working with you. And if you know good technique, if you understand what good sales skills look like, first of all, you're going to be able to hire people who have those skills. Second of all, you're going to be able to train people to do it the way you want it done, which I think is very, very important. And the other thing is, is you're going to be able to recognize when someone that you're working with is a true professional, because if they're paying attention to detail in their selling skills, they probably pay attention to other things. They take what they do seriously. And ultimately, at least for me, when I'm doing business with somebody, I I like knowing I'm working with somebody that doesn't think this is just something I'm going to do till the next thing comes along. I'm going to put in minimum effort to get whatever I can take and then it's going to be what it is and I, you know, I'll leave dead bodies in my wake. I, I want to know that I'm dealing with somebody who has made a commitment to a profession, who is developing their skills and is interested in being in the game long term. Those are the types of people I personally like to work with. It's the type of person I work at being and I think that at least in my personal life uh, we've had good success doing that. It's the only way to fly, right? Because now everybody's your friend and you're having fun and it isn't just this like pulling teeth every day just to make a living.
0: The analogy we like to use is the difference between being a hunter and being a farmer. A hunter, most salespeople, wakes up hungry every day and gets up and has to find something to kill and eat until tomorrow when they have to do it all over again and that can be 40 years worth of career, never building any repeat business, just leaving that trail of bodies you talked about. What a farmer does is completely different. A farmer puts seed out And plants it and nurtures it and meticulously waters and gardens and weeds and continues to add value until one day the crop yields. And the crop yields for years and years and years. If you do this correctly at the beginning, you're not going to need to worry about where's my next sale coming. Right. from.
3: Right, Sales done well actually gets easier as you go because you are building your brand, your reputation, you're building your network or your database, the people who know you, like you, trust you, and are willing to do business with you and refer people to you. And so as you move along, continuing to build on that reputation and, and build that database, then every time you have a deal, any kind of deal you want to do, you have more qualified people to talk to who are going to be more open-minded to listening to you or who would be willing to refer you to someone very likely to want to do the transaction with you. So it just gets easier and easier and easier if you are willing to make those initial investments in developing the relationship first and letting the money take care of itself.
2: We say these referrals are the lifeblood of the business and they absolutely are. When I refer you to somebody, I've already seen that you deliver, that you bring value, and I'm anticipating that you're going to bring that same value to the person I send you to. That's the essence of the relationship. So, before we're done with the topic
0: of sales, let's talk quickly about some resources you might find helpful if uh, this intrigues you. Uh, one of the great salespeople of all time, Mr. Brian Tracy, his program, The Psychology of Selling, has been translated into more than a dozen languages. Great, great stuff. Cannot recommend Brian Tracy any stronger. Blair Singer, one of the tremendous sales trainers... He's got a couple of excellent books, including Sales Dogs. Of course, he's a Rich Dad advisor. One of the most prolific and energetic sales guy, Jeffrey Gittermer. Jeffrey wrote the Sales Bible and has a published column in more than 300 newspapers and a lot of online presence. In fact, a great place to find a lot of Jeffrey's stuff is on our friend Kyle Wilson's site, Lessons From Selling. There's a lot of great information there, LessonsFromSelling.com, and of course, Our great friend and legendary sales trainer, Tom Hopkins. In fact, I just saw that for 2014, Tom tops the list of the world's top 30 sales professionals. Number one, and his great new book is called When the Buyer Says No. And you can find access to a lot of these great books and sales tools on our resource center. Just go to realestateguysradio.com, click on resources, you'll see recommended reading and more. Of course, don't miss the Investor Summit at Sea. Coming up, Tommy Hopkins will be with us for nine days next year. Happy to have him coming back and talk about a great sales guy. You'll learn a ton. Hey, next week on the show, we've got a great real estate practitioner, a guy who rehabs houses and does a tremendous job. He's going to teach us some tips and tricks from the trenches next week. Until then, go out and make some equity happen.
4: This episode of the Real Estate Guys radio show is brought to you by Paradigm Life powerful cash management strategies using life insurance learn more at beyourbank.com mid-south home buyers low-cost turnkey cash flow properties in memphis tennessee corporate direct asset protection strategies for real estate investors from attorney and rich dad advisor garrett sutton